This morning we're talking um, about, it's a second in our sermon series that's called More Than a Name. We're talking about the name change. There's times in life, in the scriptures, and in the midst of our lives, where God changes your name. Obviously, Hope Chapel Kaneohe Bay is no longer, we have been renamed Anchor Church. We believe that is directly from God. It's pressing into the things of God. It's walking in a new calling and new identity that he has for us. That's not always to say that the old identity is bad. It's just that what God has for you is better, and it's new, and it's fresh, and he wants to do something different. And so... As we're talking about that whole Anchor Church identity and us embracing that name, I want you guys to realize that there's only actually four people in all of Scripture, four people, that God directly changed their names. There's there's people in the Bible that have different names and like, oh, Belteshazzar was called Daniel and his buddies Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all of that stuff. There's the Apostle Paul who used to be called Saul, but there's no evidence anywhere that suggests it was directly because God renamed him. But there's four people, Scripture tells us directly, God specifically, personally changed their names. And those people are Abraham, was originally called Abram, became Abraham that you guys heard about last week in the message. And his wife, Sarai, became Sarah because God renamed her. Um, There's Jacob today who we're going to be talking about that God said, your name is no longer Jacob. It's now going to be called Israel. And next week, you're going to hear about Simon, who was renamed directly by Jesus to be called Peter, meaning the rock. And you know what? Next week is going to be really good because Pastor Nick's going to bring the word on the change of Simon to Peter. And I'm real fired up because that dude is fired up. He's got some energy. He's got, doesn't he have such a good preaching voice? Like my voice, someone told me this. You kind of sound like Ray Romano. I was like, what? Everybody loves Raymond. I kind of do, though. I hear myself, like, I don't know. I just, I'm not a big fan of my own voice. I think no one is. I wish I had Nick's voice. So he's like, hey, guys. He's loud without the microphone. That's amazing. But he's preaching next week, and it's going to be good. So here's the deal. We're talking about name changes, but not everybody gets a name change. It says there's only four guys in Scripture that actually got that. And it says that we eventually will all get new names in the book of Revelation. We will all be renamed because we're going to walk in that new identity, new bodies, that whole deal. But for here and now, not many of us actually get a new name change. It's rare. You know, um, our church renamed it because God told us to rename it. There's churches, there's movements, there's people that really do take on name changes. But that's kind of rare. Here's the thing that it relates to all of us, though. When we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, when we actually meet God, God says he changes all of our identities. He gives us a new identity. And that's what I want to talk about today. If you look at the title of the notes, it's called The Reborn Identity. You ever watch The Born Identity? The actual Born Identity? What is the series? Born Identity, Born Supremacy, and The Born Ultimatum, right? The Born Return of the Jedi. There's a whole bunch of them, but there's those three Born movies, and the whole premise for that one, think about this, is a guy wakes up with amnesia, he's shot, he's on a boat, he's trying to figure out who he is, he has no idea who he is. And as he continues to move forward and follow clues in his life, he has to like seek them, he has to do the business of figuring out who he is. Different skills and abilities that he had that were in him begin to be manifest, and he's blessed, his life is like, wow, I didn't know I could speak Russian. You guys remember the movie? He's like, blah, 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 blah. I didn't know I could speak that, right? Six guys come to jump him, and he just like, psh, psh, psh. he licks them all. And he's like, how did I do that, right? And he dismantles a gun in like three seconds, boom. And he's like, got all of these things he's discovering. Well, I would go so far as to say that in Christianity, as us as Christians, when we get to know Jesus Christ, that's somewhat like us. 
is that we leave the past behind. We forget who we were before, but we find that there's some abilities and some things that we can do in our lives because of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives now that we've made that connection with God that we start walking into and go, I can pray for this stuff. And God gives me words to speak that I never would have spoke before. And there's changes happening in my life that are so good and they're so amazing, but it only happens... The new identity only happens as you walk forward and you put those things into practice. Are you guys hearing me today? So here's the thing. God wants to bless our lives, right? Um, He wants to give us a life of abundance. John 10.10, he says, I have come to give life and life to the fullest, life abundantly. I believe that God wants to give us the best life possible. That's a statement of this church is we exist to give you the best life possible, through connecting you to God and to his family and through equipping you to be involved in all that he's doing in the world. But God does promise to give us the best life possible. Does that mean a life full of no problems and no hardships? No. It just means that now you have God to help get you through them. So that's a pretty good life. You don't have to do it on your own. Here's the biggest problem is with the new identity is God wants to give us everything. He wants to give us a new identity. But there's usually one primary person that's the biggest enemy to that happening, and that's ourselves. We get in our own way of trying to get the best in life. God wants to give us a new identity. Ephesians 4, to 24 says this. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. That's your old identity, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature. You have to put it on. You have to put on your new identity. It takes a little bit of effort. And it says that new identity is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We miss out on God's best for our lives because we get in our own way and we want to do things our own way. Let me give you a little picture of that. Last week, I was helping my daughter. She was creating some little cartoon character thing. She saw on YouTube how you can make your own little doll. And you make it out of sponges that you cut into shapes. And then you paint with acrylic water you know, waterproof paints that becomes this little soft, squishy thing, and you basically made your own doll. The doll is called a Shopkin or something like that. Anybody familiar with it? You got little kids, Shopkins, and they're all these little weird creatures. Anyway, she says, Dad, I want to paint this sponge and make it into this little Shopkin thing. I was like, all right, cool. You got to get the right paints and everything. And she goes, no, I already have paint, Dad. I was like, what? No, yeah, those are watercolors. Those are like, those are terrible. It's not going to really stick. You get it wet. It's all going to run. It's going to be, it's not what you're going for is shiny and slick and waterproof and all this. You need to get the right paints. She goes, no, dad, I already got paints. I go, no, you're seven. I know more than you. Let's go get to the store and get the paint. No, I want to do it right now. I'm going to use my paints. I go, no, I'm all, I was starting to get actually a little bit like upset arguing with the seven-year-old. Right? I'm like, do you know who I am? I'm, I'm your dad. I'm, I'm 44 years old. I have experience with paints and sponges and crafts. You're seven. You don't know what you're talking about. No, dad, my paint will work. No, it won't. I want you to have that thing and I want you to be blessed, but you're wrong. You know, and I was literally like, she goes, no, it's going to work. I'm going to do it. I go, really? Are you willing to bet all of your baby dolls on this paint? If you're wrong, I get to keep them all and throw them all away. Yeah, whatever. And I was like getting into it and I found myself like, oh, relax, Carl, calm down. Like, <laughs> you're freaking your kid out here. So I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. Try it your way, but we'll do my way. So I ended up doing my way. But here's the thing. This is the very story of Jacob today. We're talking about Jacob is God's got the best plans and blessings and intentions for your life. And he's a giver of all good gifts. And you know what happens is we get in the way and say, no, my paint's going to work good. No, let me do it my way, dad. Who are you? And God, the father is going, Carl, yeah you got a plan for your marriage and your finances and your 
business and you're this and you're that. That's cool. But do you know who I am? (laughs) Do you know that I am way bigger and better and smarter and greater than you? And I've created you and I want you to have the best. Would you please get out of the way? That's the sermon for today as we look at Jacob in the Bible. Now, here's here's what happens in... in, um, Genesis 25, is God is going to rename Jacob. He has a name that he was given, earthly name Jacob, and God says, I'm changing it to Israel. Here's the thing I love about Jacob. He's like me. He's like you. Oftentimes we read in scripture and we go, man, those guys are so holy and godly and they did everything perfect. The reality is God does incredible things with imperfect people. That's why he's God. He takes something that looks messed up and flawed and makes mistakes and falls down all the time, and he goes, um, I'm better than that, and so I'm going to make you better than that, and I'm going to do incredible things in your life. And you read Jacob, and you realize, man, the guy fumbled a lot. He made mistakes. He started off real selfish, and God goes, but I still had a plan for his life. I was still able to use him, and he became one of the heroes in the Bible of faith. And you know what that says to me? I got a shot at this thing. I think I got a shot in life. If God can use guys like that, he can use the guys like me and he can use guys and women like you. Isn't that good right there? He wants to use all of us. So here's, here's the story of Jacob. Genesis 25, verse 23, Jacob's mom, Rebecca, her father, his father, Isaac, um, they're pregnant. She's pregnant. She's about to give birth to sons. And she's going, Good God, how come there's like all this rumbling and stuff going on in there? And the Lord told her, so we pick up the story, verse 23. The Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. So you're about to have twins, and the one that's older with the firstborn rights and everything, is actually going to end up growing up and being servant. And his people are going to serve the people of your younger son. So God is speaking a prophetic word about the sons that are in her womb. And it says, when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. So they named him Santa. Just kidding. That's what I think of when I read this. Red fur coat. Santa. No, it's not Santa. So so they named him Esau, which actually means hairy, right? Appropriate. You got to be a little bit freaked out if your kid is so hairy that it looks like he's wearing a coat coming right out of the womb. You're like, ah, hairy. That's what you call it. Or Bigfoot or something. But you know that that kid was easily distinguishable like in the third grade when they're like, oh, there's my son, Harry. Which one? Oh, (laughs) Harry. Yeah, I got it. Right? So anyway, he's the firstborn son. Esau, he comes out, he's hairy. They name him. Esau means hairy. It says, then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. The younger one, they're delivering hairy guy coming on out. And there comes the second one. He's like, you, free ride. Right? He's just coming on out. He's grabbing on. So they name him Jacob. Okay, this is, this is what we're talking about today. Here's the name he's given. Here's his original identity. The word Jacob actually literally translated means heel catcher, heel grabber. And it went on to describe someone that is, is grasping, is trying to get all that they can. And, and basically what it was saying is this person is out to get his own thing. It's kind of selfish. He's, the word actually means deceiver, as that you're trying shady methods to get whatever you can. And what I think about it really relates to is a nature of selfishness and pride. It's my way. Like I said, my little daughter, I can paint this thing. My paints will work. And, and dad going, no, no, I know better than you. But here's Jacob. And he begins to live out his name. Here's how we know that he lived up to this name, meaning grabber, deceiver, getting someone else's blessing. 
is a few years go on, he's a little bit older kid, and it describes the difference between Esau and Jacob. And you got to get this, is that the hairy man actually became like a kind of a wild man. It says he was a skilled hunter and an outdoorsman. I mean, he was all man, super hairy, out there hunting, going big, just like, ah, going for it in life. And it says Jacob had a quiet disposition and a temperament, and he liked to stay home. Like, he liked to cruise, and he was just, like, mellow, and he's like, I avoid conflict, and I don't need to have hair to be cool. You know, I'm just sitting at home, and I'm cooking. And it actually says one day, Jacob's home cooking, right? Two boys, two twins, totally polar opposites. He's home cooking. His hunter brother, Esau, comes home, and he goes, I'm famished. I'm starving. I've been hunting all day. Cook me some of that stew that you got right there. Give me some of that. I'm hungry. And Jacob, living up to his name, right, which means grabbing, which means grasping, selfish, get all that you can, stealing someone else's blessing. He goes, um, you want a bowl of the stew? He goes, yeah, I'm hungry. He goes, how about you trade your birthright for me? And he goes, well, what about, yeah, how about you trade your birthright as the firstborn? Here's what birthright meant in this culture, in this time. Birthright was a big deal. If you're the firstborn son, when your dad dies, you get a double inheritance of the blessing than any of the other kids. And not only that, that when dad dies, you become the spiritual leader and responsible one for the entire family. And God symbolically, spiritually, made that a big deal that there's a lot of rights and a lot of blessing that goes along. So giving up your birthright as a firstborn was a big deal. But Esau's, I don't even care. I'm hungry. I want the stew. Yeah, I'll trade my birthright for that. And so here's Jacob the deceiver, the shady guy, he comes in and he steals the blessing that someone else has. And he goes, now you've given me the, the firstborn birthrights. Awesome, here's your stew. And then a little, a few years go by and he continues to live up to this, this old identity, this Jacob identity. His, his dad is dying. Isaac is dying. He's like, I could die any minute now. I'm blind. I'm super old. And I want to, before I die, make sure that I pray a blessing on the life and on, on the fruitfulness of my firstborn son. Where is Esau? And so he goes, Esau, I want you to go out hunting, get a wild goat, and I love the wild meat that you catch, and then make a stew out of it. That's my favorite, then I'm going to bless you. Well, Esau goes out to go hunting. Jacob catches wind of it, and he goes, you know what? I'm swooping in. This, I mean, I mean this, he's literally living up to his name, the grabber, the deceiver. He swoops in. He actually has to tie goat skin around his body so that he goes in to see the dad. The dad's blind. He goes, come here, let me feel you. Are you the hairy one? And he feels the goat skin. He goes, all right, you're Esau. You're the hairy one. And he comes in and he gives him this stew. And he goes, yes, it's me. Jacob fully lies. And he goes, he goes, son, how did you catch a goat so fast? He goes, oh, the Lord provided it for me. So Jacob at this young age kind of has disdain for the Lord. He's willing to lie about God. He's willing to lie. He's willing to cheat, steal, wrap around, distinguish himself like as the other guy, disguise himself, all so he can steal this blessing. The reality is, if you think back to before he was born, he didn't need to steal the blessing because God already told his mom that the older one is going to end up serving the younger one. He already got the blessing of the Lord, but he goes in there. The dad's blind, doesn't see him. He, he, he blesses him. The older brother comes back from hunting, and he goes, what, what happened? Why aren't you going to bless me? I already blessed you. Who are you? And he goes, no, you gave it to the wrong son. So now here's what you need to see is the selfishness of Jacob and the, the, the attitude that he had in life, living up to his name of being someone that grabs his own stuff and pride is in the way. I'm going to handle things my own way. It actually doesn't pay off. Now his older brother wants to kill him. He's forced to run 400 miles away to the land of Haran to be with his uncle Laban to start life all over again. Is being greedy and all of that didn't pay off for him. So now he's running away. But here's, here's where everything changes. 
on the way at this place called Bethel, he has a God experience. He has a dream where he sees a stairway going up to heaven and all of the angels coming up and down to earth and heaven on it. And at the top of the stairs, there's God himself. And God speaks to him and says, Jacob, I'm going to promise to bless you if you follow me. I will bless all of your life, your descendants. I'll do all this. And Jacob actually goes, oh, I had this crazy God experience. You know what, God? You're the man. Um, I'm, I'm going to call you my Lord, my God. Now he's like, from serving himself, he starts to change. And he starts going, whoa, new character change. I'm going to start serving this guy because this God's legit. And you know what? If you continue to bless me, I'm going to give you a tenth. This is where he started the tithe. I'm going to give you a tenth of everything that I get because you're worthy. So his identity now begins to change. So the years go by, and he gets into a lot of different experiences of conflict with with marriage. You guys remember when Jacob married uh, Leah thinking it was going to be Rachel? We talked about in that sermon a few uh, weeks back on, on the one you guys remember that one? Anybody been to church recently? Yeah, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Go watch it online. It's on there somewhere. But he goes, he gets in all these conflicts. But the thing is, his identity, his character is changing. He keeps coming back to God and putting God first now. So to the point where we pick up the story again in Genesis 32, where Jacob has another experience where God actually renames him because, he's, because God is changing him. It says this, this in verse 24, uh, Jacob not going to talk about all the details. His family and everybody else was in a different place in camp. Jacob is camping alone at night in the wilderness. And it says, he was alone all night in the camp and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. So super weird. He's sleeping alone in the wilderness and some man shows up and wrestles with him till dawn. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and he wrenched it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, look, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I put this in, like, reality perspective, and I'm thinking, like, what would cause you to just start wrestling with a guy? You're camping out in the wilderness. Some dude shows up, and what's it really look like? You're sleeping, right, in the bushes. Some guy shows up and goes, hey. Jacob sees him. He goes, let go now? And Jacob's like, shoots. You know, they just start wrestling. Like I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the place. Like it sounds weird. How did that happen? But what I think is that Jacob knew that this was God or an angel or a representation of God because he was wrestling and he wouldn't let go of him. And he goes, I'm going to keep holding on to you until I get the blessing. I'm going to keep holding on to you until I get you to bless me. And so here's, here's what happens. He goes, I'm, I'm not going to let go unless you bless me. What's your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. He goes, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him, from now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. And the name Israel, here comes a new name. Israel means he struggles with God and prevails. He contends with God and prevails. In other words, you fought and held out for the blessing and you got it. And so he changed the name from Jacob, who's all selfish about to get everything for himself, to someone that goes, I'm fighting for God now and I'm holding on to God's best in my life and I'm not going to let go. And so um, he says, Jacob says, well, please tell me your name. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied, and then he blessed Jacob. He gave him the blessing that he had fought for. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I've seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. So we take it by Jacob's reaction that he knows he wasn't wrestling just a man. It was God actually showing up in the form of a man and teaching him a lesson so he could rename him. It says the sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Now, 
Jacob was known as the deceiver, the grasper, the selfish dude. But he has an experience with God. God comes in, gives him a new name. And here's the deal with when God gives you a new name and a new identity. It's not that you're automatically that person. It's the fact that God sees you becoming someone else. See, God believes in who we're becoming, not in who we are and not in who we have been. We look at ourselves and go, I'm just Jacob. I'm always going to be Jacob. And God goes, no way. I got plans for you. You're in this process of change. You're becoming someone. You're becoming Israel the one that struggles and holds on to God and receives the blessing. You win. And so he renames him. So here's what you see in Jacob's life. This is, again, happening in in chapters 25 through 50. So this is a long timeline here in the book of Genesis. But he goes through more struggles. He keeps holding on to God. Jacob lives a long, full life. He had conflict. He had things going on in his life. But you know what happens is he kept holding on and struggling to hold on to God and that new identity. And what happens is he gets the blessing. He lives a long, full life. He lives to 147 years old. He's got peace in his family. He's got peace with the Lord who he says, God has always been my shepherd and he's always been there for me. He, he um, goes on to be buried with his ancestors. He's remembered as a biblical hero. His 12 sons that he had, from those 12 sons that Jacob had, the entire nation of Israel comes from them and goes on to be this blessing in the world, right? And we're Christians today because of all of that influence. And so he's remembered as this guy that, that had a rough life, but he held on to the things of God and he got the blessing. He got a blessed life. He got a blessed reputation in scripture. And so here's where the rubber meets the road. How does that relate to us? If that was Jacob, that was one man that, that, that changed the, the name and the identity. How does that relate to us? Remember what I said in the beginning in Ephesians, that God has changed all of us as we become Christians, and we have to throw off that old identity, that old sinful nature. It's not as easy as you become a Christian and all of the work is done for you. God goes, there's a part of effort. We're in a relationship together. I'm going to bless you and do all of this, but there's stuff that you have to do. And it comes with throwing off that old sinful nature, throwing off the old identity. So how does it relate to us? Here's what I think. Every single one of us has a Jacob identity, a Jacob identity. Well, what is a Jacob identity? Here's the way I put it. Doing things your own way to get what you think is best. Because that's what Jacob meant. A grabber, a grasper, selfish means, steal someone else's blessing. And God goes, you need to get rid of that so I can do some things in your life. That maybe in your life right now, you know there's a, there's a tendency to have the Jacob identity. Now, you could argue that the Jacob identity goes away when you become a Christian. And I would say, yeah, there's a new identity in Christ that is available to you, but you have to walk it out and activate it because it's a relationship, right? And so the Jacob identity, a lot of us could sit back and go, oh, so this sermon isn't for me today. I'm a Christian. I'm already good. I got the new identity, Israel. One that follows God and struggles with God and holds on to win. That's good. To some extent, yes, you're right. But I believe this. I believe Christians every single day still have to fight off that Jacob identity, which is I want to do it my way. Back to my little girl in the beginning. Dad, I have the paints. I have the knowledge. I can do this. It'll work for me. And me saying, no, my way is better. I know better. Are you going to let that go and trust me? All of us have this Jacob identity, right? There's stuff that Christians still have to deal with. There's ways of thinking about ourselves, insecurities, unworthiness. What about this? You're thinking you're all good right now? Think about this. Do you have the ideal marriage that you know you could possibly have? Are you good enough right now with going, I manage it in my own terms, I control it, I grab it, and it's good enough, it's cool, it's good. And yet God is over there knocking on the door of your heart and saying, I can make it better if you'll do things my way a little bit. There's some changes and some words and some things that you can have. Your marriage could be better. Are you thinking like in work? Yeah, you know, I'm successful. This is what success is all about. Make money, do all of this, you know, because I do it. I control it all. 
And God's going, if you do it my way, you're not going to worry about the money so much. You're going to worry about relationships that you build. And success in my kingdom isn't what success in this world is all about. I've got better plans for your life. Or are you just hung up in your old Jacob identity that's all about me and all about I'm in control and I'm serving? Is this, I hope this is poking at you a little bit here today because it pokes at all of us as we have this Jacob identity that's the wrong one that we need to get rid of. The selfishness arises. Let me tell you, last week in my life, God had to do a little bit of purging of some Jacob identity. Is I was thinking last week, I took the whole week off because it's fall break for my kids and I'm going to have a good time. We just did the big brand name change and all of that stuff and I'm going to rest and I'm going to be at the beach every day surfing and diving and hanging out with my kids and having a good old time sleeping in every day. You know, just like, yeah, it's going to be good. Here's what happened though. As I started to get into the week, I had all of these things I still had to do. My kids still, my son still had to go to water polo practice every day. I'm like, they don't give you that off? Give, give you a real break? No, dad, I still got to do it. I'm competing for finals and all this. I'm like, what? So basically, I have to drive you everywhere. Yeah, dad. So one day, I drove up to his school in town, right, and then back to drop him off, then drove again to pick him up, and then back. And then he, was, he wants to be on the surf team, so I had to drive him down to Kiwalos, surf practice, back, drive him again. I drove to town like four times in one day, and it's supposed to be my fall break. I'm supposed to be at the beach, and all I'm doing is driving my kids. I was bummed. And you know what was happening? Jacob identity was creeping back in, saying, you're not getting all of your needs met. You're not being able to do all the things you want to do. You got to drive your kids all around. We get a, like a last minute call, like, oh yeah, I haven't seen the kids in a while. We're the dentist calling. Why don't you go ahead and bring them in tomorrow? I'm like, wait, this is fall break. Like, why do they have to go to the dentist? Why do I have to go to the dentist to take them? Like, no, this is not cool. And every single day there was stuff going on, top it all off. It wasn't beautiful, sunny days. It was rainy and ugly. And I'm just thinking, I can't go diving. Water's murky. There's sharks in the water, right? There's like, so my fall break was turning into me being bummed because all my needs weren't being met and I couldn't control all of my circumstances. And I'm ending up having to drive my kids to all these things that they need to do and their water polo games and their water polo practice and their dentists and their like stores and all this stuff. And you know what? God fully convicted me. God fully spoke to me and he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, obviously through my wife as well, but through other people like, what are you complaining about? I was like, whoa, because I'm not getting to do what I want to do and all of this. And you know what that is? That's my old nature that wants everything done my way that I make my, my plans in my life. God reminded me this. Carl, life is short. The time you have with your kids is short. I've given you three amazing kids that love you and they have busy lives and you have to drive them around. And you know what they're going to remember when they grow up about you is that their dad was always there to take them to every one of their practices, rehearsals. You saw, you, you watched his game. You had other things to do. You took the time for that. That's more important. That's a better life. And when I got that, I realized I had to fight off that stupid old identity in my nature, which is about me first. And I realized the time I have with my kids where we're driving around to different things and the organic discussion that comes up that is I couldn't pay for, I couldn't orchestrate, the, the conversations I have with my kids is way better than any stupid time surfing or diving or f pleasing myself how I want to please myself. God has given me these kids, and I don't ever want to take that for granted again. But I have to fight that off. You guys see what I'm saying? I'm trying to be real with you. There's stuff I got to fight in me that is Jacob identity. It's the old way. I promised my kids in fall break, I said, I'm never going to miss any of your games, any of your practices, any of your school 
plays or productions or anything, unless I'm completely off island or deathly ill, you guys come first because all of the extra overtime and the ministry to all these other people in the world doesn't matter as much as my first ministry, which is to my kids and the legacy that I leave for them. And I had to come to grips with that and it was hard to do. It was a struggle. It was a fight to say, I'm not going to be like Jacob anymore for my own self. But I would ask you guys a question. What is it that in your life you're still grabbing at and trying to control on your own means? Because I'll tell you this. What you can grab for yourself is never going to be as good as what God wants to give you. What you grab for yourself will never be as good as what God wants to freely give you. And it's when you let that stuff go and you trust him that suddenly life gets put in the right perspective in the right order, and you realize that, man, I'm living the best life possible. Amen? What is it in your life, though? For me, it's that selfishness. It's a bunch of other things, but what is it in your life that you need to battle that's keeping you from God's best, and you need to get rid of that old, that Jacob identity? See, sometimes our faith, like Jacob, we're stealing other people's blessings. We're living an easy Christian life, based on someone else's blessing and someone else's hard work to struggle to hold on to God. What do I mean by that? Well, here's Jacob stealing Esau's blessing. The blessing is meant for him. He's coming under, I got it. You got a blessing, but ultimately the consequences aren't, aren't going to be worth it. What do I mean by that in our lives? Well, I think this. Sometimes some of us only have a relationship with Jesus because of the relationship our spouse has with Jesus. And we're just tagging along for the ride and we're kind of enjoying the blessing. But we haven't ever had a personal God experience. We haven't ever come to the point where we want the new identity when the blessing for ourselves. We're still riding on someone else's coattails. I go to a great church. The church is awesome and it's good. I'm blessed there. Yeah, but what's your relationship personally with God? Oh, no, it's good. My church is good. That's cool. Your church is good. Your spouse is good. The peer group, the friends you run with, they're all good. They've, that's their blessing. Don't try to steal and glide along under someone else's blessing. This is what it's like. That's Jacob identity. See, that has to go, and you have to have a God experience for yourself. That's where you become Israel, the one that holds on. See, cruising along in life on someone else's coattails and, and doing religious routine and going to church and all that, you're only getting partial of the blessing. And what really happens is that that's good, and it lasts only so long, but then something's going to come along in life, and you're going to find out, man, that's not God's best for me. It's going to fall short. It's going to come back to bite me someday when I don't really have a real relationship with Jesus. See, we come to church every week, guys. We're not here to play. We're not here to play religion and to look good and be good people. We're here to realize God has something incredible for me, and we need to learn to let the other junk go so that we can get the very best that God has for us. Amen? We're not here to play, right? I look at it like this. I can cruise on the like perceived blessings of someone else's blessing. It would be like this, eating all the food that I want to eat that's good and it feels good for a while and it's easy, but it's always going to come back and bite me, right? If you're just eating only the good food. See, there's a couple things that I really love in life. One of them is pizza. Anybody? Pizza? It's good. I love it. It's always good. I mean, I'll, I'll eat the store-bought frozen brands. I'll eat Domino's. I'll eat, I don't care. I really love pizza, but if all I ate was pizza, it would come back and get me, right? It would come back to bite me. The other day, I was off, uh, off of work, taking a day off. It was rainy, so I couldn't go to the beach. I'm sitting around. I'm like, oh, I'm missing out on that good stuff, so I, I need to do something good. I, I need to treat myself, right? I felt like, Carl, treat yourself. It's like, yeah, yeah, treat yourself. So I go and look, what kind of snacks? I'm just going to pound some junk food today because I don't get to go to the beach, and I need to be happy, right? And I go in there, and I, I see there's ice cream, and I don't normally do ice cream that much. I'm not like one of those, like, just full ice cream guys, but I saw the ice cream, and I saw we had 
caramel syrup, and we had all the cookies and all that. I'm like, I'm just going big on ice cream. I ate almost a half gallon of ice cream by myself. And for like half an hour, I was in heaven. I was like, yeah, treat yourself, right? I was happy doing my own thing, calling the shots. This is all good. It doesn't matter how my body, you know, I know best. I'm going to eat all this. And then, apparently, I'm a little lactose intolerant. Actually, a lot lactose intolerant. So then the rest of my day was just a nightmare, right? It's like I don't even want to describe what happened next. But here's the deal. We, you live under someone else's blessing, and you take the easy way out, and you do the things you want to do. Eventually, it's going to hit you like lactose intolerance. Something is going to blow up, and you're going to realize this is not the best for my life. See, what had to happen to Jacob was the renaming and the new character and the personal experience with God, which led him into his Israel identity. All of us got the Jacob identity. Our goal is get rid of the Jacob identity and embrace the Israel identity. God has an Israel identity, which means fighting to do things God's way to get God's best. Jacob is, I do things my way to get what I think is best. Israel is fighting to do things God's way. He struggles with God and he prevails. Now, this is the interesting thing you got to realize about when Jacob was struggling with that man of God. Jacob, listen to this one closely. Jacob wasn't fighting against God. He was fighting to hold on to God's best for his life. Do you guys see the difference? A lot of us would say, oh, I fight against God all the time. But Jacob wasn't fighting against this man. In fact, the man couldn't get away from Jacob. Jacob was holding on to him until he goes, give me that blessing. I'm not letting go. See, it's like when, when you have little kids, and, and one of the favorite things little kids like to do is they like to just come up, sit on your foot, grab your leg, and they're like, okay, give me a ride. And you're like, oh, I hate this game, right? My thighs are burning, and you got to, like, walk around the house like, ugh, ugh, and they're just loving it, right? They're like, woo, woo. And, my, you know, my, all my kids love this when they were small, right? And you're, like, dying. My thighs are killing me. Enough already. But here's the thing. Jacob was fighting to hold on to God, and you know what he was fighting against? He's fighting against the old identity. The old identity said, I'm going to get the blessings underhandedly on my own, take matters into my own hands. In fact, the very nature of Jacob, remember this, the brother was a confrontational fighter, outdoorsman, hunter. Jacob was the dude home cooking the stew, and he goes, oh, no, I don't want to, con- no conflict, no confrontation. I'm not that guy. Jacob's whole character and identity had changed to the point he's actually wrestling someone. It says in scripture, he wasn't probably a natural kind of wrestler. He goes, I'm holding on to this guy. Ah, you're going to put my hip out? I don't even care. I want to hold on to you so bad because I want that blessing. What he was actually fighting against, and we need to in our lives, is fighting against the old nature, the old complacent, the old selfish, the old self-serving, and go, God, I'm holding on to you, and I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm going to hold on to the things of God. This is the Israel identity. This is the reason Hope Chapel became anchor. Because you're not always in your old identity. It's something bad. It's just that God is saying, I have something new, and I have something better for you, a new identity to walk in. That Carl Moore, who was just the pastor's son his whole life, God is saying, I want you to do something big, change the whole name of your church, because you personally have a new identity. Not just the church and what I'm calling the church to do, but you're not going to be known as pastor's son anymore. You're going to be Carl Pastor, man of God, lover of Jesus, lover of your family, lover of people, you're going to walk out your own identity. Are you guys hearing me on this today? That's the Israel identity that's available to all of us, but it doesn't come without a fight. See, we always hear that, that saying, it's on all the memes and everything. The struggle is real. I'm going to tell you this, from a spiritual perspective, the struggle is necessary. There's a reason why he had to fight for it. The struggle is necessary, and here's the word for you today. You need to be willing to pick a fight 
with whatever is keeping you back from God's best in your life. You need to be willing to go home today and to pick a fight with the Jacob identity. What's holding you back from receiving God's best? See, Jacob had to fight for it. He had to literally fight with a man of God to hold on, to not be the guy that he was before. But he said, you know, in every conflict that comes my way in this life, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to hold on to him. And guess what? He got the blessing. At the end of his life, during his life, God came through and God blessed him and brought him favor and all these different ways, wealth, the whole deal. He took care of him. But the call to all of us today is, are we willing to actually pick a fight? Because it takes effort. Don't sit around and wait for the problem to arise in your life. Pray right now and go, God, I do have that problem with watching my mouth or my attitude. Don't wait till the next blow up, but do something about it right now and pick a fight with whatever is in you that's causing you to have that attitude. Pick a fight with the relationships you've chose, not with direct individual people, but if there's people that are influencing you to stay in the Jacob identity, Pick a fight with that idea and say, there may be some relationships that I have to drop, some people I need to talk to a lot less. God, the idea that I think everything is going perfect and good enough in my marriage, no, that's Jacob identity. That's me controlling it. I'm going to pick a fight with that, and I'm going to go and have some talks with my wife or with my husband or go to counseling or read some books. I'm going to press into that because I want the Israel identity. I want to hold on to you until you bless me. That's what the Israel identity is all about. But it is going to be a struggle. Now, let me tell you this. There's a side note to the story. If you remember, in Jacob's struggle to hold on to God and to deny his old self, who he was, he got hurt. He walked away the rest of his life with a limp. But you know what that limp reminded him of? The time that he met God face to face, and he got the incredible blessing, and he got the new identity in, in God and all that he had for him. Now, he still probably had to walk out his life with that limp. And here's what I want to tell you guys, because I want to be real, really real with you. There may be some things you have to go through when you pick a fight with the Jacob identity, the selfishness leaving that behind in order to embrace the new one. And it's going to cost you something. It's going to hurt a little bit. You might come out of it walking with a limp, but always remember that the blessing is worth the limp. If I can encourage you in anything today, the blessing of what you're going to get from following God is going to be with, worth the limp or the hurt or there may be people that you're going, shoot, I had to lose that relationship with those people. But I know that if I'm picking God, I had to let that stuff go. So there's a limp. There's a hurt. I lost that relationship. But God's going, but look who I'm going to replace it with. Look at how good that's going to be. Well, God, you know what? If I go your way, what you're saying is my family is more important than my job and all this. And, but I was making so much money with those overtime hours. And God's going, it's going to hurt you a little bit. You're not going to make as much money. But guess what? You're investing in your kids and in your wife and in people around you. You're going to be in their life actively present versus you doing all of the other stuff. So what's more important? See, there's going to be a little bit of a trade-off sometimes. And sometimes the, the limp goes away. I can tell you that. Sometimes God restores things that are, that are broken, that cost us. But there's some things that are going to be scars for the rest of our life. But remember, the scar is only a reminder of the blessing when you met God and he saved you from something. What was once an open wound has now been healed, but it left a mark for you to always remember like, oh, God saved me from that old Jacob identity. Is that a good word for you this morning? So here's my challenge to you is, what is the thing that you need to pick a fight with this week? What is the lie, the idea, the habit, the addiction, the relationship what is the thing that you need to actively struggle and fight against so that you can hold on to God and receive his best for your life? Because remember, the other promise that we read all the way back in Ephesians was that you can let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. 
God hasn't put us here on our own. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us. So when you feel like you're alone and you can't do it, you just ask him. He's got your back every single time. Has this been a good word for you this morning? I hope it sits in you and it brews with you this week, and I hope you find some things that you need to just let go of and that that you need to fight with. But God is good. He's proven himself. He's going to get you through to his blessing. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we come before you today. We thank you that you're a good God. We thank you for the guys like Jacob in the Bible. They're real. They're not perfect. They're a mess, and so are we. But God, you see, see blessing, and you see truth, and you see favor in their lives, and you use them in incredible ways. Lord, we, we pray that you could use us as well, and that you could do awesome things in our life as well. Um, Lord, we ask that you'd reveal to us the parts of our Jacob identity that need to go the stuff where we're, we're managing and we're controlling, we're grasping at on our own power that we don't need to be. Lord, will you show us those things so that we can make a change, so that we could struggle and fight and take the hits and take the limp, if so be it. But Lord, we could come out on top and that the blessing would be so incredible and just so much bigger than the life we were living before. Lord, would you, would you show us this week, give us opportunities to embrace that new identity. And I wanna pray right now, if there's anybody in this room that you've never even taken that very first step the first step would just says, God, I want that new identity. I'm tired of living life for my, myself and the problems I deal with on my own. Yeah, it's a Jacob identity. It's me. It's all about me and what I can make of myself. The first step is actually just coming to God and saying, God, I don't want that anymore. I want to trust you. I want to follow you. I want changes. I want new identity. I want blessing. I want forgiveness for the wrong I've done. I want healing for what's broken. Lord, and I want to know your peace and your love and your strength along the way. I can't do it on my own to walk in the new identity, I need you. And if you are at a place in life right now where you're like, I, bottom line, I need God. I need what Jesus did on the cross to forgive me of my sins and to empower me to live better. I need that right now. If that's you. I want to say a prayer with you this morning right here. Say a prayer that would be the first step in saying, God, I need new identity. I need your help. I want your love. I want your forgiveness. You don't have to come perfect. You just come saying you want him and he will change your life and give you a new identity starting now. I want to lead you in a prayer this morning, if that's you. A prayer that really is just going to put you in a right relationship with God. A prayer that acknowledges that Jesus died on the cross for your sake. For the wrongdoing that you and I have done to live our lives apart in our own nature. That Jesus said, I'm dying to pay the price for that. That you won't have to go to hell. You won't have to pay for those sins. Instead, I'm going to pay for you. I'm going to allow you to have access to God and to his best in your life. If you believe that then God's going to change your life. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. I'm going to pray the words out loud. This is how it's going to go down. I'll pray it out loud. You pray it quietly under your breath in your heart of hearts to God. He sees your heart. He judges you on your heart. Sometimes talk can be cheap. So it's a heart decision first before it becomes a a verbal decision. So I think right now as I lead you in this prayer, I'm going to pray out loud and you just pray it in your heart. After service, you can go and tell someone. You can own up to it. Make God proud that you're admitting that, that you've made a life change. But right now, it's a heart decision. And so I'm going to say the the words of this prayer, and I want you just to agree along with me in your heart. I want to know if you're actually someone that is willing to to let me know that you're going to make that change here today and become a Christian. And I'm going to count to three. Everybody's got their eyes closed and heads bowed. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you if this is the decision you want to make to raise your hand. And when I see your hand, then I'll know that we're praying and we're going to pray this thing together here. I just want to know who I get the privilege of praying with this morning. So on the count of three, would you just lift your hands? One, two, three. Come on, if that's you, hold it up and keep it up there. I want to see, because I want to count you guys. There's a bunch of you guys. You're making an incredible decision right now. I see one person over here. I see two. I see three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm looking at at least ten people in the room. 
Good, 10 people, solid, I saw you. If that's you, go ahead and put your hand down right now and just join me in this prayer in your heart. God, I'm here today and I realize I need you. Lord, bottom line is I need to make some, some change in my life, Lord, and I believe that only you can do that through your power, through your strength and your forgiveness. Lord, I need that new identity. I need blessings. I need some wins in my life. God, there's been too many hurts and too many losses. I, I'm taking a ch chance on you right now, a step of faith to say, I trust you. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross to take the place and pay the penalty for my sin and my separation from you. Lord, I receive that full payment from here on out. Lord, and from this day forward, I'm going to live in my new identity. And Lord, you know me. You know I'm probably going to stumble along the way, but your grace covers me. And you love me enough to help me back up and help me walk out of those flaws and into this awesome life that you have planned. So Lord, here I am. Take me for where I'm at and what I'm worth and the mess my life is. I'm handing it over to you and I'm asking you to lead me to be my God. I believe in you and I will follow you all of my days. Thank you for loving me and accepting me right where I'm at right now. I look forward to the new things you're gonna do in my life. In Jesus' name, the whole church says, amen, amen. Can we praise God for those people that pray that this morning? Awesome.